Welcome to Lincolnshire Spirit Seekers Podcast. And today my guest is Jonathan Wood. I have been into paranormal from the age of 15 after experiencing things which I cannot explain from seeing a large UFO to several full-blooded spirit forms. Then as a team we go in search to prove what the unknown can be possible. Real from cryptozoology, UFOs and spirits. We can put together the YouTube channel to show our findings to the world, allow them to decide if it's real or if there's a scientific scientific reason to find others. Now, Jonathan, I like that bit about you because we have a lot of things in common. I too like, I'm into cryptozoology. I know a person called Jonathan Downs. I don't know if you've heard of him. Well, he rings a bell. He's very well, well renowned in cryptozoology world, yeah. and um, I'm I've been uh, so he he was the one that got me into cryptozoology, and mm-hmm. I I find it a very fascinating and diverse subject because if you look up ley lines, yeah. there's a lot of connection with ley lines when you see between cryptids, ghosts, and UFOs. Do you come across the same kind of thing? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean to be honest with you, I think it, it all boils down to a lot of different energies and stuff like that. So I think when when we look at the concepts of the different styles of energy, I mean, you spirits use a certain amount of energies. Um, I mean, as we've said about UFOs and extraterrestrials, I mean, you're looking at vast expenditure of space. So how do we know they do not harness those energies to help them? So maybe that's why they're coming here, because we have a specific energy that they don't have. And I think with the cryptic side of things, I think that's just more coincidence. It's just, for them, it's the the right place, right time, if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, But I mean, it's like a lot of the things that I've looked into... Uh, with the crypto side of things, there's even been places where there hasn't been ley lines, but yet there's still been various different sightings. What's the um, most unusual cryptid you've ever come across then? Um, well, I mean, because I've got quite a Scottish background, uh, I've got family that are from Scotland, and I mean, one of the things that I've, I've always tried to want to look into is, is the Loch Ness Monster real? Um, now, when we look at, let's say, for argument's sake, with the Loch Ness Monster side of things, um, we've got to think that that lake alone is vast. It, it's deep. It's deeper than you can swim. They have to have specific sort of scuba-type pods that you can actually sit in so you've got enough oxygen supply. But then deep down inside that, they've got vast caverns and cave systems within the water. So the question is, let's say for argument's sake, if we've got something from the dinosaur period that managed to have survived the Ice Age, could they have hidden out in one of these caverns and avoided the Ice Age? Hmm. Well, I... I, When you look at them... Yeah, it's interesting, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you saw with the Wild Man theory or Bigfoot, I mean... One of my main theories on that one at this moment in time, because obviously I've been looking a lot into that, 
and my main theory on that is a possibility of it's either evolution skipped or evolution gained or the concept of a person that has been born and raised within the wilderness that has then adapted to their surroundings. Because hmm. you hear so, stories like that, don't you, quite often, yeah. how people survive in animal groups, like um, people that live with dogs and wolves and monkeys and all sorts of things. Yeah. So that theory could be possible. I, I don't. I think it's quite yeah. visual. I mean, that's why. I mean, me personally, I don't like using the word Bigfoot. I usually prefer to use Wildman because that's what they are. Yeah, a lot of people use that term because when people say, "Oh, because I know quite a few people into the British Bigfoot Society," yeah. and and a lot of people say, "Oh, no, it can't be real." Blah blah blah. But I, I keep saying, "Well, it's like UFOs. You get a hundred sightings." 80% of them could be fake, yes, or something not, you know, can be explained away. Yeah. But there's always that 20% you cannot explain for love or money. They, they, you know, they are generally to the person who's seen them at the time. I mean, I've seen things I can't explain. Really. I mean, it's like with the UFO incident. There was, a, there was an incident when I was about, four, about 13, 14 years old. And... Um, Basically, I was in the park with a group of mates, and all we remember is we heard a low hum from the sky, so obviously we've looked up wondering what the hell it is. To then look up and find... I mean, to look at the size, I would say it literally had to be a 100 feet by 100 feet triangle with various different lights, and it was there one minute, and it was gone the next. You know, can I explain it? No. I mean, could it possibly be what they're saying? Is it government experiments? I don't know. Um, but the weird thing was, I mean, it's, it is actually on, on, I think we did actually manage to record it on one of our episodes, was we did um, a disused RAF base, and we came across, there's this like, little alleyway, as you go, but it's all underground, this little bit was. And you go down this hallway, it's a long, long hallway, but there's only one room. There's one particular square room. Now, I'd say it's about six foot by six foot. And I thought it just seems a bit odd that this whole vast hallway, one way in, one way out, there's this one room. So obviously, as you know, as a paranormal investigator, I use SB7. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to try and find out something. So I said, right, was this room used for ammunition storage or weapon storage? We got no. Um, Then we said, was it used for prisoner of war? It said, no. And then I, I, just out of curiosity, I turned around and said, was it used for extraterrestrial purposes? And it came back as yes. Now, that kind of freaked us out a little bit. So what we then done is we decided to leave because, you know, when things like that happen, sometimes it's best to get out of Dodge because you don't know what's going to happen next. And it was a good thing that we did. Because as me and Matt drove off, we went to a local pub, we had a quick drink. Um, so then when we drove past it, because we had to drive past it again to get home. And as we drive past it again, all we can, all, the only way I can describe it is you got one bloke. Now, bear in mind, this is a disused RAF box. It's pretty much a derelict, all smashed up. And the only people that tend to use it is like airsoft people and paintball people. But there was this massive white sort of articulated lorry went straight in, no markings, no company brand, no nothing. And there was just this one guy in a high-vis standing on the gate. 
So the question that we thought is, hang on a minute, why are they there? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And that, I must admit, that has got to be the weirdest thing I've ever had so far. I talked to a man called Jeff Wolvine the other day. He does, he studies um, in Arizona. His theory mm. about UFOs is it's to do with orbs. He reckons it like orb-like lights. And they all join yeah. together. That's one of his theories. Well, I mean, once again, I mean, that is a potential theory. But then again, when you look into, I mean, once again, I mean, I've looked into vast sort of different areas, whether it's Area 51, Roswell incident, you know, Project Blue Book and all these different things. Because as I've said to many people, whether I've spoke to Martin or whoever, and I said, look, you know, to be a paranormal investigator, you've got to cover the lot. You know, you've got to cover it all. You're not a paranormal investigator unless you cover everything. So, obviously, I've looked into a lot of these things. And when you look into it, you've got to think to yourself, there's different shapes, there's different styles, there's different types. You know, you can have balls of light, you can have triangles, you can have cigar shapes, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that could be one potential theory, that it is an orb of light. But then when you look at things like the triangle-shaped ones, the, the disc-shaped ones, the cigar-shaped ones, that have a, stru a physical structure to it, what could it be? Could it te technically be the government themselves testing out new aircraft? I mean, when you look at the stealth bomber, you know, you, you can imagine 40, 40, 50 years ago that somebody probably would have saw that and thought it was a UFO. But then the ultimate question I have is well, where did they get the technology from? If you know what I mean. Mm. Because, I mean, the biggest arguments I have, and I mean, I've had so many people that go, oh, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in that, what proof have you got, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, the best way to explain it, especially with the UFOs and the aliens and stuff like that is you've got to think when you sort of look out into the world and you look up at that sky and you've got to think to yourself man can only reach physically reach two planets which was the moon and Mars we can't officially land on Mars as of yet satellite wars we've only gone as far as sat but then what's further than that because it's infinite, it never ends. And the biggest thing I always say to people that actually has them stop and think, well, actually, you've got a point, is how in the infinite, sort of, the infinite that is space, how can we be the only planet that harbors life? We can't be, surely not. But how do we know that those civilizations are far more advanced than we are? And sometimes that is one of the theories that I have to do with hauntings at the same time. Because sometimes there's been known hauntings that, you know, when people have seen these apparitions, that they, I mean, I remember one case that I was told about where somebody had said that they'd seen this ghost, but it was in a silver suit. Mm. So how do we know that it's not something from another, another world, ultimately? Ultimately that's visiting, but they can't physically be there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, a, a so lot of people think that aliens could be us revisiting ourselves, like a future version of ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I know that's the next new big thing within the paranormal scene is time travel. 
you know, I mean, I find that a fascinating story on that one. Um, whether you want to hear it or... Yeah, go, go for it, go for it. That's all right. Um, well, basically, what it was, was there was a police phone call and it was actually the police that reported this to um, this paranormal bloke, I can't remember his name, but he's a YouTube channel, that does all the weird and wonderful. And the police actually brought it to him there in America, where a woman had phoned up 911 and said she heard a window in the bathroom break or something break. So she assumed that she had an intruder. Obviously, the police are saying, right, stay in your bedroom, stay in your bedroom. But out of curiosity, she goes downstairs, goes into the bathroom where the sound came from. And all you can hear over the phone is her going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Now, bear in mind, she's told the police that she's the only person in the house. She's on her own. And they've obviously gone, what's wrong, what's wrong? And she's like... I can't believe this, I can't believe this, and they're like, what's wrong? And she basically turned around and said, there's a man, naked man, in my bath, bleeding from his eyes and ears. And I was like, well, where's he come from? You know, is, it, is the window broken? She goes, no, but the mirror is. And then there was like, well, oh, we can understand why you're so shocked, but why are you this shocked by it? And she goes, because it's my husband. So obviously then the police officer then replied, I thought you said she was alone, and she goes, I am. Because he died 20 years ago. Wow. But, and then I was like, well, this is a bit weird. But the, what surprised her the most, and what she actually relayed back to the officer, was that how she ID, ID'd him as her husband was because she said he was as young as when they first met, and he has the same tattoo in the same place. Yeah, so the question is, yeah. how did he get there? Well, I think technically, I've got a theory, well, it's not a good theory, but when I talk to people in America, because I do a lot of podcasts through America, sometimes I'm talking to yeah. people that are eight hours away. So technically, I've time-travelled backwards to their time. Yeah. I know it's only a technicality, but I think people don't look into that enough. I don't think it, I don't think it is no because I mean there's so many different things whether it's you know whether you look at the the famous Charlie Chaplin uh, film that was been that's one of the main things at the moment to do with time travel that's been really big at the minute was this Charlie Chaplin film where you can actually see what looks like a woman on the cell phone now bear in mind the Charlie Chaplin films were what 1920s if not a bit little bit later than that which means that there wouldn't have been cell phones. I know the one you mean, where she looks like she's holding something to her head. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, is that time travel? You know, and and these are the little things that we look at. But I think within the world of the paranormal, it's very misunderstood. Because, you know, a lot of people in the paranormal field that I've found is that they'll ghost hunt, but they won't look into anything else. And, you know, I say personally, you can't be a paranormal investigator if you just ghost hunt, you're a ghost hunter, that's it. You know, to be a paranormal investigator, you've got to look into everything that's unknown. You know, to define the word of paranormal is it, it's the not normal, it's the unknown. And I, and I think as a team, that's, well, like I said, with what me and Matt do, is we look into everything like that. We look in, and as, as you find on the episodes that I do, uh, currently where I'm living, um, which I mean you can probably see right in the background just there. Oh yeah. The hills. Every night, without fail, for some reason, on those hills you'll always see lights. Always. Wow. And I can stand there and I'll always see them, but I, 
don't know what they are because me and Matt have gone up there and it's just countryside and forests. That's it. No houses, no roads, no nothing. And it's like we've thought to ourselves, well, what's causing these lights? Now, where we live, that section of, I mean, I think they're called the Clent Hills. And if you look it up, in the past, there has been UFO sightings up at those hills. So the question is, what are these lights? Are they what they call a wisp? A spirit that wants to lure you in? Because, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm always intrigued and I want to know more. Or are they simple, or is there some sort of, I don't know, launch pad or some sort of landing pad that UFOs use? I don't know. Because, I mean, that's, that's the, I mean, it's, it's, it's quoting, um, I don't know whether you've heard of Richard Felix. And he, he quoted the most wonderful thing to do with the paranormal, and it's, it's a rule I stick by. With any investigation you do, whether it be spiritual or otherwise, you have a checklist. Now, in every investigation, you tick every single box on this checklist bar one. And the one box you will never tick is, what is it? Yeah. You'll never tick that no, box. no, no. Because you could be wrong, couldn't you? You could be, you know. Exactly. Because it's our perception no. of things. How we, we You might perceive something different to what I perceive. Exactly. Because, I, mean, th- I mean, we could go out and investigate. I mean, I hope we'd get the chance to do that at some point. You know, we could go out together on an investigation and let's say, for example, I use an SB7 and what I could see is, yes, you might hear us something else. And I mean, that's why if you note, I don't know whether you've watched any of my videos that I've put up on YouTube, um, but I stick by one rule, which a lot of investigators don't do when it comes to the YouTube world, is everything I post is all raw footage. There's nothing edited. I mean, the most that I'll edit on my videos is if I do like a title sequence or the ending credits that's the only thing I ever edit or put in what I record on that night is exactly the same as what I put up because I want people's perception on what they feel I'm not and like I said I don't like as I said I'm not so sure if you have seen any of my videos but the other thing I don't do is, I don't know whether you've noticed, when people use spirit box, they tend to put the words up what they're hearing. Yeah, 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 I know. So you... I don't, I don't do that. No, because you, you automatically associate to the word, don't you? Exactly. And the reason why I don't do it is because I want to know what people think. I mean, I've had so many different comments come through where people have turned around and said, oh, do you know what, I heard demon at this point, or I heard devil at this point, or I, I heard go away at this point, but I might not necessarily have heard that. And I enjoy that sort of thing, because then it means I can then look back and try and then pick it out myself. But also, I think, when you investigate, and especially when you put it into the social media world, it gives people the chance to interact and join in. And I think that's where a lot of people have lost touch with it all because a lot of people don't interact and sort of say, do you know what, tell me what you see or tell me what you hear. You could be a thousand miles away. You could be in America or Russia or wherever because, I mean, our viewing base is all over the world. But they may see something in Russia that somebody in America doesn't see or somebody in America could see something that somebody over here doesn't see. 
And I think that's the main aim I'm getting at. And I mean, this is one of the things, you know, like I said, I've been working very closely with you guys and Martin. Is sort of pushing a lot of my stuff onto you to say, well, you know, this is the road I think we need to go down. Instead of sticking to what we know, is then start pushing it out there. And as he said, you know, the, the concept of the Paracon is it's not a convention, it's a community. And it's about involving everybody from all walks of life. I mean, I've got two one-and-a-half-year-old boys and I've got a, you know, an eight-month-old child, and I've always said, I will bring them up believing this. I will bring them up. I will let them watch my videos. Because I think not only do people need to be made aware of these things, but children also need to be made aware of these things, yeah. that they exist. Well, I personally, myself... Because I've had an NDE experience of my own. Yeah. I don't know if you have uh, know my story, but I ha was in a coma because I had a blood sugar level 124 at the time they read it. I was in a coma for three weeks. And when I was in a coma, I um, heard a woman's voice, I've not heard before or since, telling me to wake up. And I had the most overwhelming feeling I've ever, ever had to wake up. Now, I know people yeah. were going to say, oh, scientifically, it's your brain releasing chemicals, bloody, bloody, blah, blah. But I honestly believe it, and I will stick to my guns, that it was my my spirit guide or guiding angel. And also, I know when I was in my coma, I was not in the real world or the next world. That's why I like to call myself, a.k.a. Ghostman. And I believe that anybody who's had a near-death experience has touched whatever heaven is, or your concept yes. of heaven is. And you, you, oh, yeah. you have a residual. Not some people have more than others. I have. Well, I know this sounds very odd to you, but sometimes I get strange aromas for no reason. No, no. I, like, I mean, to be honest, that is not odd at all. Yeah. You know. So I've had that with investigations. I mean, my recent upload that I did, I mean, me and my partner decided to investigate a local cemetery by us, completely out in the open, and we were stood there, and I turned around to her and I went, I don't know about you, but I've got a certain waft of, like, an old woman's perfume. You know, like the old woman's yeah, yeah, perfume. Yeah. And she couldn't smell it at first, and then she stood where I was, and she went, oh, my God, I can actually smell it now. But, I mean, the thing with me is, and why I say to you, do you know what? You're not daft at all, and I do 100% understand what you're saying, is because, unfortunately, I went through an experience in my life where I went through a very bad patch, tried to take my own life, and I pretty much succeeded. But ever since that moment when I got brought back, it got to the stage where I was beginning to be more aware of things around me. So it's like, if I, I'll know when something's around because I'll either hear it or I'll feel it, but I never used to be able to. So, yeah, I mean, I do 100% agree with you that, you know, as soon as you touch that death, if you, as soon as you hit that one moment of the afterlife, there is a firm belief that you do bring something back with you. You know, you do bring a certain ability back. I mean, there's so many people who said the second they've died and been brought back to life, they can see the dead or they can hear them. Because I do firmly believe that that moment of death 
as you said, you, you touch heaven, you touch the afterlife. And that's all it takes is one touch. And, you know, the possibilities are endless of what can come about that. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, because as you said, I, I talk to quite a lot of people with near death experiences, and they all say the same. They all roughly been through more, like you say, the same kind of thing, and, they, and they've all had this. You know, I've been drawn more and more to the paranormal than I ever was, because as I said before, I started off in cryptozoology, and I've been yeah. I do more and more now towards paranormal. I, I seem to be. I don't know. This, I know this is. I seem to be drawn to certain people for some reason. Yeah. I pick, I pick, I look at somebody and I look at a messenger and I think, oh, I'll see if they want to do a podcast. And for some reason, ninety yeah. percent of the time, they will. And they say to me, how, how did you want? Why did you want to talk to me? And I say, well, I just found your name in the, in messenger. And I, I thought you looked, it looked, you looked good on the messenger. I don't know why I felt it. You know, and then it sounds oh, yeah, like, I mean, you know. I mean, to be honest, I do, once again, I do agree with you because, I mean, it's like a friend that I'm helping out. Well, she's a, she's become a new friend that I'm helping out recently because, I mean, I might be, well, I'm working with a woman in a spiritual shop at the moment. Um, with, you know, she's planning on opening the upstairs where I need, she wants me to do, like, paranormal se- seminars and lessons, um, classes on how to use spirit books properly and all this sort of stuff. And a woman come in who's going through hell on earth, and, uh, you know, uh, she, this woman, she says, do you know what, talk to this guy, he, he, for some reason, he knows the things you will never understand. And even though, and obviously over the last couple of days, I've been talking to this lady and helping her out, and yet, it's ironic you should say that, because literally she turned around to me and she goes, the one thing I still can't get my head around is how you know stuff before I even say it. Because you do, I mean, once you hit that moment the gifts that you could be given to help others. Because that's the thing I believe. When you're re-given life, it's for a purpose. And it's like my purpose is to help others. No matter what the situation, but it's to help others. And do you know what? It's I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping those in need. Because I know that I don't ask for payments. I don't ask for anything in the world. All I ask is for a smile and know they're okay. That's the only thing I ever ask for. Where I mean, a lot of these people, are, you know, you got some of the, some of these mediums out there, and some of these spiritual guiding people, and they're charging through their ass, you know, for the same thing of what I'm doing. But yeah, I get more gratification in saying, Do you know what? As long as I know you're safe and you're happy, and I've done the right thing, that's my payment. And you're not one of these people that come across as you saying, "Oh, I know everything." Because, like you said, you, you question everything, even if you don't... Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know everything in the world. I mean, I know a lot of stuff, um, because, I mean, with, with experience and with research comes wisdom. But, you know, even as, uh, as we, when I do the ghost hunting side of things, sometimes I do come across something new that I'm just like, OK, how the hell do I deal with this? Or I've never experienced this before, this is something different. You know, whether it's I've been slapped across the face by a spirit and I'm like, well, that's never happened before. I didn't know they could do that, you know. No, I mean, unfortunately, you do get a lot out there. The, the fame, whether it's YouTube fame or TV fame, gets the head and then all of a sudden they seem to know everything and everything. But unfortunately, they know nothing. Because when they're stuck in a situation, whether it's like, you know, whether it's the Annabelle case or... 
you know, Amateurville or anything that's serious, you know, they're then hit by a situation of, do you know what, what do I do? Yeah, I read about uh, exorcisms the other day on Google. I looked them all up and the true stories behind them, like the exorcist. The exorcist was really a boy, not a girl. Yeah. I think he had over 70 exorcisms or something like that. It always surprises me. It always just surprised me the church, who likes to deny that ghosts exist and spirits exist, has a department in the Vatican that deals with exorcisms. And I know they don't like to advertise it, but it exists. I think, to be honest, I think it's just—it's the same as the whole concept with the government when it comes to extraterrestrials. I mean, the least anybody wants, especially when you look at a community that doesn't understand, is the least anybody wants is sort of like mass hysteria. You know, that's what nobody wants is all of a sudden, you know, everybody starts freaking out thinking, oh, you know, they don't look at a mental illness as a mental illness. They'll think, oh, shit, you know, this person's possessed, <laughs> you know. These are the things we've got to look at. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do exorcisms and, and house blessings. But it's like if I ever go to a house, I go through a checklist first. I try and rule out everything that's normal first. So it's like, you know, I don't mean to offend anybody. You know, I say I'm not here to offend and I'm not here to judge. But I have to ask these questions. And it'll be things like, is there a history of mental health? Is there a mis history of drug misuse? Is there a history of alcohol misuse? So at least I can rule out natural causes. But the problem is, a lot of the time now, is a lot of people out there that don't do it professionally. They don't do it properly. Because, I mean, I've known one, you know, obviously I don't name drop or anything else like that because that's not what I do. But it's like I know one a set of people that desperately needed help spiritually because it was a legitimate haunting but because they used to have a past history of drug misuse they got the case got turned down and unfortunately i can't track them down to help them and still to this day i don't know what went on with that but it's just the, the fact of you know as long as it's not an active thing that you know they're actively you know with using hallucinogens or anything else like that or even if I go to the property myself and I see it for myself, then I can say, do you know what? Something's going on and I'll help you. But unfortunately, the, I mean, the church are very much in the same boat as the government is with sort of out of this world stuff is because they don't want to cause mass hysteria. Because unfortunately, when you look at movies, whether it be, you know, The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Exorcist, and you look at films like, you know, Aliens and, and Independence Day, you know, it just portrays pure fear. That's all it does. It, it shows the bad. It never shows the good side of things. You know, if I have a house call and, and literally the spirit, all it wants to do is say goodbye or wants that person to let go because that's the only way they'll move on. That's a nice thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's where the problem's facing at the moment because it's not been defined as a proper thing yet where people can determine the difference between what is negative and what is not negative. What made you get involved in with, with Martin then? Well, I mean, to be honest, we just got chatting randomly out of the blue because, I mean, obviously, the, the work I do, I aim to work with a lot of different people. You know, I, I aim to work with a lot of different teams just so I can get a different perspective on what we do. 
So obviously me and Martin got talking and he, he, he just mentioned, you know what, I want to put this family together, you know, where we can all work together. And I thought, you know what, it's never been done before. You know, as a collective, it's never been done. You know, where you could honestly say, I mean, Scott, me and Scott Bauer have been friends for a fair while now, a good well over a year now. Uh, and I've been on some investigations with him. And, you know, when you come across people like Scott, like myself and like yourselves, you sort of realise, do you know what? These aren't these big-headed idiots that are just doing it for the fame and fortune. They're doing it because they genuinely are curious and they want to learn and they want to know and they want to help people. And I think that's what sort of got me. I mean, it's a lot like he said with the whole Facebook profile thing. With Martin, there was just something about him that I thought, do you know what? I could trust this guy. And, and you know what, I think where he's going with it is, is an amazing idea. And, I mean, that's why then I thought, you know what, I'll give him a hand. And then that's when, between me and Martin discussing, I said, I'll tell you what, then, how about I set up, as you now know, the West Midland Spirit Seekers? Because at least then we've got wide coverage. So let's say if there's a case that you guys can't handle or if there's a case that you guys can't do because it's down my neck of the woods... He could then get hold of me and say, do you know what, can you take this on board? Not a problem. Because I think that's where a lot of teams are going wrong, is because they're not coming together as a family. They're not coming together in this unity to say, well, you're down in the West Midlands. I've been contacted for help. I physically can't get there. Can you do it? Yeah, not a problem. Because that's what the whole unity is all about, is working together and helping people together. But unfortunately, as, as Martin has found out and as I've found out and probably yourself, is when you get some of these people out there that goes, oh, there's no such thing as paranormal unity, your evidence is your evidence and all this and that. And I'm like, well, that's not what it's about. You know, paranormal unity is more about teams that come together to help each other. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what it is with Martin. He's just, he's just an amazing guy. He's an amazing visionary has so many amazing ideas to put together and you know what I'm, I'm more than happy to back him 110 percent well that's what i thought i mean he talked when i i asked him out of the blue to do a podcast with me and as we got chatting he said oh would you like to do a podcast for lincolnshire spirit seekers and i said yeah not a problem because you know i'm doing them anyway so it's it's just an extra podcast you know it's it's, it, it, it's not hard to do you know yeah, it's just basically doing what we now now doing chatting about things and um yeah, exactly. and putting it out there that people are, we are trying to help. Yeah, I mean, right. I was talking to someone called Kaz Rooney the other day from the Spectral Zone. Yeah, uh, yeah and she was saying to me about uh, a dis a group that are trying to help a lad with cerebral palsy who wanted to get a little bit of par into paranormal. So I gave the link to Martin and I put it on the uh, official Lincolnshire Spirit Seekers um, official page. And I thought, well, if it, one person can help them, that's something, isn't it? I, I always believe you, I always believe that you can never help the many, you can only help the one. Once again, it's like I said to my partner today, I says, the way I look at life now is if you can help one person, 
then hopefully that it will cause a chain reaction where then that one person goes, do you know what, this person took the time, I'm going to take the time to help somebody else. And I mean, that is the one thing I could only hope for, that, you know, the, the, what everything that what we do uh, as humanity and, and as even as paranormal investigators is that, you know, we can create that chain of help to say, do you know what, somebody out there is always there for you. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what's very, very important. But I think a lot of paranormal teams out there don't look at it like that. You know, they're either in it for the money or in it for the fame. Where it's like I said, you know what, if I earn a couple of quid doing something, I earn a couple of quid doing something, but it doesn't bother me if I don't. You know, it's about, you know, being there for people and supporting people in their beliefs. Well, I like the I like the idea about the concept of the paracon. I do like that. I was asked if I could go, but I can't go because of I have disabilities. I have mild small vessel disease of the brain, which makes me get yeah. confused and speech problems and all sorts of weird and other problems. So it, oh, yeah, it's a bit unfair on me to. So I didn't want to commit myself. But I said to um, Martin, it'd be good if we could set up like a little, you know, like in Big Brother they had like the diary room. Yeah. We could have like a little diary room where people could go in there, do a little recording, like either audio or video, and put it on the page. I thought that'd be a good idea. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be much. It's like, hi, my name's John. I went to the Paracon because I was interested in what it was about, or that kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? I mean, to be honest, that's not a bad idea at all. Because then, once it's compiled together, there's nothing stopping Martin just winging me that video file across. I'll stick it on YouTube. And yeah, and it's like I said to him, the second you put things out on YouTube, it grows and grows and grows. I mean, I'd love to get to the stage where I'm at, you know, thousands of subscribers, but I'm, I'm not, it, it's getting very long-winded to get to that stage. Because once again, I'm at the stage where I'm finding it very hard to get people to sort of back me up and say, Do you know what, go and check this channel out. I mean, I've come a long way from where I first started, which I mean, we're, we're talking about just over a year ago. And, I mean, I'll be in the space of just over a year, I've managed to hit 323 subscribers, which is impressive. Well, yeah, that's good, yeah. But, I mean, it's like I say to Martin and to yourself, you know, please, you know, just get me out there. Because the videos that I do, I see more as educational than entertainment. Because I, I, I want to educate the world on what is out there. And to say, do you know what, when you look at some of these shows, whether it be Most Haunted or whatever, that we know, are, I'm not being nasty, but are full of it. it it's rubbish. You know, and, and you look at some of these people that are doing all these fake paranormal videos and fake ghost videos, and then when it comes to the real deal like us, people are going, well, how do we know you're not fake? And this is why I do raw footage episodes. So even if I cock up and say something, I mean, it's like I said, with one of the RF, uh, this RAF base, I think, because we've been there a couple of times, and it's even in the video, is where, as we walked into one room, I mean, ghosts don't bother me, things don't scare me very easily, but the one thing that I shit a brick was a pigeon that flew out at me. Literally, a pigeon just flew down, and, you and will, that was it. I you've gone. Yeah, yeah. But it's still in the video, because it's funny. It happened. And I'd rather people see that and see stuff like that. And think, yeah, say, he's been out of front of the night. Yeah. 
But you say sometimes you can edit things to death. And and yeah. I mean it's like I I used to do like a radio and I found that was a little bit restrictive because obviously they like to have breaks and all that in between, yeah. which I can understand because of the product thing. But you 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 end up worrying more about the breaks than the actual show. You know you you end up worrying about your cues. You know what I mean? You sort of think, oh 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 oh, oh I bet I've got to come off at twenty past. And I've got to come back on. And you're not really talking to the person. You're worried about the time all the time. You're constantly watching that clock. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did do, try doing podcasts before um, with my YouTube channel, but it just didn't get very far. I mean, but the way I used to do that was I used to do it like we are doing it now, and I'd record it through Facebook at the same time, uh, through YouTube at the same time ready to upload and yeah every so often because obviously you know having kids or whether it's obviously at that time I wasn't smoking the house and so it'd be like right I need a fag break I need a chill out break and then pop off for 10 minutes put a little mini tune in the middle and then go back straight to it again but I mean I do see your points and I mean this is why as I say with my videos that I find very important is that the second you, I mean, I've seen some of these paranormal investigators do go out, and I've worked with some in the past, where they will go out and they will record hours and hours and hours and hours of footage that are really impressive footage. You know, whether there's nothing or there's something, it's still impressive. And then next thing you know, when they upload it, it's only like 10 minutes long, because what they've done is they've cut out all the stuff where nothing happens and just uploaded the stuff that does happen. And I'm thinking, the second you do that, people are going to think you're full of shit. Mm. Because it'll just seem too coincidental that out of the whole night that you're there, you're only showing the stuff that happens. And then people are going to say, well, hang on a minute. If you're only showing stuff that happens, how do we know that you didn't stage it, you didn't fake it? And that's why I think it is very important. I mean, I know Martin said he wants to eventually push forward with his YouTube channel and start filming investigations. And this is one of the things that I did say to him, the best thing to do, don't edit it, don't cut anything, just put that raw footage out there. Because the more teams we can encourage, even if it means you go out and do like a personal investigation to start with and just do a half an hour, I mean, that's what I do. I do, I go out go to a location, I do, we, we could be there for three or four hours, but what we'll do is we'll do, say, we'll, we'll do a recon of the area, use a couple of our devices to see if we can work out where's the best spot to be. We do a half hour, hour filming, depending on how I feel at the time, and also depending on if I'm doing a live one, because if I do a live one, I'll tend to go for an hour. Um, if it's a recorded one, it'll be half hour to 40 minutes and then what we'll do is after that's done and dusted we'll then do our own personal investigation so we can enjoy the investigation ourselves so there's no much pressure of having cameras rolling and making sure batteries are charged up on phones or cameras or whatever we can then enjoy an investigation and I mean it's like I said to Martin with the investigation to do with the Paracom I says well what I'll probably do is with my phone I'll record half an hour of it for the YouTube channel. But then we'll still enjoy the rest of the investigation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. Now, people yeah, who are listening are going to be thinking, people listening are going to be thinking, right, he's talked about his great video show. 
Now, where can we find it on YouTube so I can plug it to Kingdom Come? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's dead easy. I mean, all you need to do is go straight onto YouTube. You type in the Legacy Paranormal. Once I've typed in the Legacy Paranormal, it's there. You know, it's the same uh, logo that I use on, you know, the logo that Martin's using. Um, and then the best thing I can suggest they do is obviously hit the subscribe button because every time they do, they'll be notified. Well, they'll know when I upload. But the most important thing is once you subscribe, you'll see a little bell icon that pops up. As soon as they hit the bell icon, then they get notified every single time that we'll either go live or we do a new upload. That's brilliant. I and like that idea. Is what I also want to do as well, and if you can encourage people to do it at the same time, that'd be absolutely awesome. Is I want suggestions as well of what they'd like me to do on location, whether they'd want me to use a spirit board, whether they'd want me to sort of do different things, ask certain questions that they feel could be relevant. Those are the things that I want. Yeah, so get a bit of a bit of input for you. So something you may not have done yourself, you thought, oh yeah, that's a clever idea. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, like I said, if if they type into YouTube the Legacy Paranormal. I mean, if needs be, what I can do once we're finished, I'll send you the link. Yes, yeah, so um, I, I will. I mean, I like. I'm like you. I like to help everybody. This is why I do it. I, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I started off basically in twenty second of the twelfth, twenty seventeen, on Podbeam. I started off as a free account, and then I was getting, I was getting more and more podcasts, and basically I'm on. 7,000 plus downloads on that. 9,000 plus downloads on Anchor FM. Yeah. So it's not bad for little men in holes, of it. It's pottering around me house at the minute, trying to find me drink. That's um, right. I think, yeah, it's I think that is, as I said, that's the most important thing that we can possibly do. Well, I think that idea about the, the, the diary thing for the... Um, Paracon would work. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, even if, you know, what I might be able to try and see if I can do is if you send me the link to these podcasts, I mean, what I can try and do is incorporate into the, um, in fact, it's what I can do, is if you send me the link over for your podcasts, is I can easily just ram them into the description of all the episodes that I do. Yeah, fine, no problem. I'll, 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 as I say, because I'm on YouTube myself as well, so I'll subscribe to you, you can subscribe to me, and I'll share them as much as possible. Exactly, and I think this is what Paranormal Unity is supposed to be about. You know, it's not a basis of stealing evidence or claiming evidence as your own. It's more about you scratch their back, they scratch yours, and you look after each other. That's what it's all about. Well, I can reach audiences you probably can't reach. You can reach audiences I can't reach. So it works both yeah, ways. Exactly. I mean, it's like I said with my YouTube channel, it's worldwide. Yeah. In fact, what I can do, you can still hear me, yeah? Yeah. Uh, what I can do is just give you a quick breakdown. So I have this wonderful application on my phone which tells me everything to do with my YouTube channel. I mean, it's like so far within the last... I mean, the last episode, within the last 48 hours, we're looking at a good 46 views since my last one. Um, 
that's and lifetime wise we're looking at since the 27th of May of last year to now we're looking at overall views 4,380 views so far not bad not bad at all um, but also I could find out if I can find the uh, well if I, it's like if I click on the audience 87% of my audience is in the UK. Then we've got United States, we've got Canada, we've got Ireland, and we've got the Netherlands. I'm in reverse. I've got most most of my um, people are Amer America because I don't know why. It's probably like I'm a British and they like to hear British voices. I, they, <laughs> no, that's what it is as well. They, get, they freak out if you're British. I don't know why. It's weird. You start talking to them and they go, Card, you're cute and all this rubbish you think because they expect everybody everybody, everybody in England to go hello Johnny good day how are you <laughs> but I mean I mean this is what we're talking about I mean as I said I mean I've got no revenue I don't earn anything off it at the minute and you know do you know what if I do I do and if I don't I don't and it's like as I've said I mean subscribers at the minute I've gained another one so now that I'm up to you know to 324 subs. I guess I would love nothing more than then to start getting into, you know, the bigger numbers. That's my aim at the moment, is to get into the bigger numbers. Well, I'll definitely share all those stuff you send me. And if ever you want to do an audio of your investigations, or like a little diary audio, and as long as you've got a Dropbox account or something like that, send them to me and I'll share them on my podcast. Under your name. Oh yeah, we can definitely do that. That that is not a problem. I mean, and I it's mean, all free. I don't. Do I don't well do that. Is, I mean, obviously, I haven't been able to uh, pay me phone bill at the minute because I'm in obviously quite a situation that needs a bit tight. Um, but once I've got that sorted out, I'll be having my internet on my phone back up and running. Um, so I mean, once I've got that up and running, what I can then do, if you want to is before I start doing the actual episode, the actual YouTube episode itself, is if I let you know in advance to say, right, this is where I'm going and this is what time I'm doing it. Um, if you want to give me a good, quick call ready for your podcast or whatever, and we can do it live. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. some nights aren't always possible, it's like you say. But if it's impossible, I will definitely do it, yes. I know. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's a big good combination of how it's done properly live, but not like on the TV where they they suddenly yeah. they suddenly heard, heard a ghost despite the twenty four hour or fifty six hours or a month's investigation yeah. that you have to do. Sometimes you never get that lucky I mean, straight away. I mean, to be honest with you, it's very rare that I've ever done longer. I mean, I think the longest investigation I've ever done was two days. And that was a house call I did. And it was a very bad one. And it, and it did take me two days to sort of get rid of whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I mean, I've got loads of stories I can tell of experiences that I've had. And, you know, I don't want to say them all at once because then when it, if you ever want me to do this again, I'll have nothing to say. No, that's all right. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'll definitely do this again because... As I say, you come across very interesting, and I, I, I'm fascinated by what you say. And I, oh, that's why I said, and it, if you do want to do that diary thing, it, it can only be like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, no matter how long it is. Yeah. 
I'll share it on my podcast, and then people can then with the link with your videos where you can see the videos as well. So it could be like a um, diary today. Oh, X. What well, you don't have to go into the, where exactly the places are. You can always just say X where we were today was da 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 da. That kind of thing. I just think it'd be a good way of people realizing what it's all about. Because, like you say, because you don't have to. It, it just gives you people a little insight. I could say insight into the paranormal world. Yeah, that's a good title for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've already thought of a title. Inside the Paranormal World Diary. That sounds pretty cool, actually. I mean, definitely have a word with Martin about that, because I reckon he'll love that all day. Yeah, see what he thinks. So yeah, yeah. See, I mean, as I say, it's all... I'll share it. I've got... I got. I'll share it on Podbean, Anchor FM, yeah. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts USA. Uh, I think I'm in on in the, in the car ones as well. You know, we've got the in-car oh, ones. Cool. And I'm on, um, you know, those talk one, um, not Alexa, but Google, the Google version of Alexa. I'm on that as well. If you put my name in it, you my podcast will come up. Okay, cool. Uh, the other thing I will say to people out there as well uh, that do listen to this is we do also now, because I mean, obviously, when people want to do um, paranormal investigations, unfortunately, they can't always afford the kit. And it is a shame when people can't afford kit. Um, but luckily, thanks to a very good friend of mine, I've now made that possible. Um, so, I'll just pull it, see if I can pull it up. Yeah. So basically, if, if the people out there go onto Google Play, it's only on Google Play, and type in Legacy Tech. So it's Legacy and then T-E-K. Um, we actually now have, the team now has our very own ITC, um, which is a little bit like the SB7, and it's completely free. Well, I might try that one. I'll give it a go. Yeah, and, I mean, I use it all the time. I think it was, um, oh, God, I think, it, you know, uh, Gara Paranormal? No, not personally, but anyway. Yeah, he's the one that built the ITC for me. Um, and he's done such an amazing job on it. But yeah, if you type in legacy dash tech, well, yeah, I might give it a go because I might put, I might use it in my own bungalow because I'm pretty sure I'm haunted because strange things are happening. Oh. Because oh. the other day we had we've got lights that go off for no reason, electrical equipment yeah. always playing out all the time. Okay. And, I'm, and when I try to connect to people, sometimes. Sometimes my machine will go off for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Okay. And the dog will spark or sit up and stare at some like if there's somebody there and they're not there. So I mean, it, it could be my imagination. I'm not saying it isn't. Well, but well, no. I mean, to be honest, I mean a lot. I mean, from my experience, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is very, very common with hauntings. Because, I mean, the ultimate question I will say to you, I mean, this is on a professional standards now, because obviously now you're saying to me that you've got something going on at your property. So, I mean, for a professional to say to another professional, um, normally I would say, yeah, have you, have you had your electric checks and stuff like that? But the compelling thing you said is, and the one thing that's piqued my interest is because you, the pure fact you said the way your dog reacts. 
Now, a lot of people, I do say, that to clarify a haunting is whether it's small children or animals, if they will just sit there and stare into space, don't literally stare and focus on one spot, even though there's nothing there. And the biggest test, and like I said, I'll, I'll, if you're saying that this is what your pet's doing, um, to confirm a haunting with using an animal, because they're the most best piece of equipment you could ever have, to be brutally honest with you, the best test you can do is, you know when your dog starts doing that staring thing? Yeah. Try and break the vision with the yeah, hand. Yeah, they disturb now, it. Yeah, and basically, if you put your hands in front of their eyes, not literally cover their eyes, but just put your hand in the way of their vision line, and if they start to move their head to look above your hand or to the side or underneath, so that they can focus on whatever the hell they're looking at, that's the time then that you know something's there. Yeah, I will do that. Next time she does it, I'll yeah, definitely do that. If it's just generally a dog staring into space, because pets do do that. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, that's what... Obviously, when you break their line of vision, you're distracting them and all of a sudden they'll sort of snap out of it. But if they continue to try and look either above your hand or below your hand to continue to focus on what they're looking at, that's when you know something's there. So, yeah, definitely try that one out. I'll definitely do that, yes. Thank you for that. And as I always say to people, you know, one of the things I will be looking at doing um, at some point, and as I always say, I mean, if you ever want us to come out to you, depending on where you are and whether my mate can do it, we'll drive out to you. You know, we don't mind helping people out, especially our own family. Well, as I say, I'll do the dog dog bit first, because as I say, say, I'm... I mean, you're just little things. And my my wife had once said, and she's not super religious or into ghosts as much as I am, but she's convinced that she saw her mother and father not talking, but at the end of her bed, just for like a couple of seconds, just to say, hi, we're here. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's all my, my grandmother. I mean, when she passed away, she turned up at the the bottom of the garden just to say, "Do you know what? I'm okay." She was there one minute, gone the next. It's very common. It's same with my partner. I mean, I'll double check whether she's okay for me to uh, share this story. But it goes on to what he was um, saying. Uh, it's better than two minutes. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it, um, we're just discussing about, obviously, this, like I said, this is for like a podcast or thing. And we're just discussing about how people are seeing relatives that have passed on. Oh. Is it okay to mention yours as an example? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, she's given permission, so that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, what it was, um, she was. Oh, okay. Um, she was pregnant, she was giving birth to the twin boys, wasn't it? Um, she was giving birth to her twin boys, but unfortunately, you had a lot of blood loss, didn't you? And while she was going through that sort of quite a tough time, um, she did actually say to me that she could have sworn, as bold as brass, that she saw her granddad at the end of the bed. Now, I mean, hasn't she granddad been gone? Yeah, it was probably a good three, four years. Yeah, so you've been, you've been past a good three or four years at this point. And she saw him as bold as brass stood at the end of the bed. Mm. You know, and, and I think, was he there because of the blood loss and she was at the point of death? Was he there 
as sort of support to say, you know, what you're going to pull through. But yeah, you are right. I mean, people seeing relatives that are passed on is very, very common because sometimes they just want to pop in and say, do you know what, I'm okay. Well, I can confirm something because I used to go, I used to be in care work, I used to work in mental health and I had to go into where a woman was dying and when she was dying, I could physically feel as if something left the body. I can't explain that feeling. I didn't see nothing, didn't hear nothing, but I just felt as if something suddenly went gone, like left. Yeah. A lot of people said they've experienced yeah. that as well. Because there is, oh, I mean, yeah, there is a, um, I think you've heard of this, where they do the post-mortems, there's like a 20 gram difference they cannot explain despite all the, all the things they do. Yes. I think it's 20 grams. I'm not too sure if it's 20 grams. But... Yeah. And, and it, there's a lot of, lot of it, there's a lot of evidence out there that they cannot explain it at all. No, no. And I mean, it's not my father's just reminded me. Um, what, what happened was it? I remember when they died, he turned around and went, I see, you're going to get me. Yeah, because um, what was his, what was his no. condition? Yeah, uh, I mean, as my father's just reminded me, going on to what you were talking about just there, she went to visit him in hospital. Was it? Does that when it happened? Yeah, it no, the mum went to visit him in hospital. Sorry, and I obviously told Charles about it, which is my partner. Because um, unfortunately, sadly, he was, he was dying of lung cancer, and literally, he, when it was coming very, very close to the end, they heard him. Literally, it was just your mum in the room, weren't it? It was just the mum in the room, and all, all she heard him say was, "Oh, so it's you coming to get me." So, obviously, somebody was there to come and collect him, to take him over to the other side, or wait there to take him. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, once again, that, that's another thing that, you know, I'm looking into is, does, do relatives come back to collect us when our time is up, or friends, or whoever? And, I mean, I think it would, as much as it sounds, there's got to be some sort of footage out there or photographic proof out there of someone that is literally on death's door and to see if somebody has actually come to collect them. I mean, you hear all these amazing stories. I mean, like what the partner said when, with, with what happened to her and her granddad was there and what happened to her granddad that he said, you know what, you've come to collect me. You know, it is, you know, it is all compelling to prove that there is an afterlife. So, yeah, you know, I think we'll just continue the mission that we continue to sort of prove or disprove. But at the minute, I'm safe to say, you know, I'm finding it very hard and very difficult to disprove at the moment, which for me is good. Yeah, I, yeah. I always say death is like the final frontier. You know, like Star Trek... Oh, is a, not the final final frontier, but the human form of the final frontier. Yes. I'm not saying the spirit. I mean, it's 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 like one of the, the things I always say to people: death is only the beginning. You know, because is there reincarnation? I don't know. Is there rebirth? I don't know. But I've always firmly believed. And especially through with the research that I do and the investigations that I do, because I know that my nan is by my side every single time I go out. She's like a spirit guide. So that's the one thing that I'd like to think to myself, that out there somewhere, 
that when we go out and do what we do, that we've always got a relative right close to us, watching our back every step of the way. And that's why I firmly believe that death's not the end. You know, whether they, whether it's reincarnation or, you know, coming back to support us, that's my belief. Well, we're coming to the end of this podcast now, Mr. Donovan. And I'd like to do an unusual thing to sign off. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready for this? (laughs) Ready? Thank you, Jonathan, for being on my show. It's a great chat, you know. And I will support your show. Look it up, folks, on YouTube, you know. I'll give you all the links. So, ta-ta, thank you for being on my show.